So this morning, uh, we are beginning a new sermon series. Uh, this, I believe, uh, this series is an exploration of the fundamental beliefs of the Christian faith as laid out in the Apostles' Creed. We're going to be walking through the Apostles' Creed step by step, looking at the various statements within it as they are foundational statements for our faith. Uh, the Apostles' Creed, <coughs> sorry, Apostles' Creed dates back that's uh, around the year 120. Uh, it was in a much simpler form back then. It was used as a baptismal creed. Somebody might ask before somebody was baptized, uh, do you believe in God? Well, yes, I believe in God the Father Almighty. Uh, do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Uh, yes, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then uh, it developed it to its kind of current form around the 5th century. Uh, but this creed dates back throughout uh, the, the history of the church. Uh, it's been one of those common held beliefs for those who have professed faith in Jesus throughout time. And, and it is for us a foundation of our faith. We might look at the creed and say that, it, that it maybe it doesn't tell us everything that we believe as a follower of Jesus, but we don't believe anything less than what it lays out for us. And so as we start our journey through the creed, we begin with the opening words in the creed. Uh, from the original Latin text, credo, it translates, I believe. And what, do, what do we mean? What are we saying when we say, I believe? A lot of times when we think about belief in something, uh, it gets kind of called up within all these other kinds of words of knowing, of thinking, or feeling uh, but to say I believe is, is a different way of approaching it. To say I believe means that you are making a personal commitment to something. A, a personal commitment to something you believe that you think is true. A commitment to the truth. Uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 16 it says, The gospel is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. In Romans ten nine, it says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Right? There's this attachment to believing uh, and, and our salvation. To believe in your heart, is, as he says in Romans 10, 9, means that you're believing from the very depth of your being, from, uh, from the very depths of who you are, and you're believing with every part of, with all of your being. And, and these verses say that our salvation depends on what we believe. If you were to read through the Gospel of John, uh, you would note that over 80 times throughout John's Gospel, it says something along the lines of salvation comes to those who believe. It's, it's important, you know, what we believe, but it's important that we understand what it means when we say, I believe something. It doesn't mean that we have to have all of the answers, all the facts figured out, that I have to have scripture memorized from front to back and know every verse by heart, that I have to be able to explain everything. But to believe is to make a commitment, that I'm seeking to know this, I'm seeking to grow into this, that I'm working my way into this thing that I believe in. I believe is commitment, but it's also trust, it's pursuit. It's looking, it's longing, it's moving in the direction of what you believe. And so this morning, our scripture verse kind of helps to illustrate that for us. We're reading in Matthew chapter 14, uh, verse 25 through 33. Uh, I invite you to open your Bibles and turn with me there. This passage talks about a time when the disciples had gone out on a boat uh, and they were out on the waters 
And as they're out on the waters, it's nighttime, it's, it's kind of getting into morning a little bit, and there's this person, this figure, this something that's walking out on the water towards them. They have some uncertainty about who it is or what's going on, and it's, it's Jesus who's walking to them on the waters. And we learn a little bit about believing uh, as, we, as we read this together. So it's Matthew chapter 14, beginning here in verse 25. It says, early in the morning, he, uh, being Jesus, came walking toward them on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, Command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said to him, come. And so Peter got out of the boat and he started walking on the water and he came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him saying to him, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. See, Peter's stepping out of the boat is him saying, I believe in you. Uh, His stepping out of the boat uh, was him saying, You know what, I, I believe that this is Jesus who is out on the water. It's an act of trust He's committing his whole self into this act. Uh, He has to step out all the way. There's no kind of uh, halfway doing it. And if he was to just stay inside the boat, you know, we might question whether or not he actually believed. Uh, he, He said something along the lines of, you know, well, it's enough that I could know that I could walk to you on the water, like if, if I wanted to. And we would question, did he really believe that it was Jesus who was there? Jesus who had said, you know, come to me. Peter who had said, hey, if it's you, then tell me to come to you. Right? His belief uh, was uh, accompanied by his actions. Peter's believing in Jesus showed itself in his trust of Jesus, the trust that enabled him to get out of the boat. When we recite the Apostles' Creed, when we start talking about the foundations of our faith, it's this kind of commitment to what we say we believe in. It's a trust in whom we say we believe in. It's faith. It's this action that involves our whole being moving in the direction towards whom we say that we believe in. To say the I believe in the Apostles' Creed is to commit to a God who's inviting us out on the waters of faith, trusting that God is there, trusting that God is near. It's not blindly going out into the waters without reason. It's not throwing aside anything that we might think of as being rational, but rather it's observing the things that are around us, taking note of our experiences, the things that we've understood to be true, and taking that step of faith to what we believe to be true. Uh, we think uh, sometimes when we think about faith, we think about belief. 
uh, we have these ties with, well, is it reasonable? Or there's questions from those perhaps outside the church that wonder, you know, uh, the connection between faith and reason. Uh, are we just making things up? Is there something that's irrational about what's going on? And I love how the great Catholic theologian, John Henry Newman, uh, spoke about it. He says, faith is not opposed to reason. Faith is the reasoning of a religious mind. It's the way that we reason about the things of God. We're not tossing aside anything that's rational. We're not tossing anything aside, but rather we're observing this thing to be true the same way that we might observe and come to know anything else that we might think of as being true. And we're taking that step of faith that says, I believe. And this belief, when I say I believe in the Apostles' Creed, it's not something that's stagnant. It's not a one and done faith. It's an ongoing commitment every single day, every single step of the way, an ongoing trust in the object of our faith, the object of what we believe in. And it's a pursuit of, of knowing the object of our faith more. When I say I believe, I'm not saying I have all the answers. I'm saying that I'm going to take a step towards what I believe in, uh, whom I am trusting in. And I'm going to get to know more about it. I'm going to continue to learn. I'm going to continue to discover. I'm going to continue to grow. I believe is as St. Augustine in the 4th century uh, would say, it's a faith seeking understanding. Right? There are things that we might believe before we fully understand and can fully describe them. But we commit ourselves to these truths and to a way of living. Sometimes we begin to understand more as we live into it. I kind of think of it uh, like small children learning how to trust and believe what their parents are saying to be true. But sometimes they don't actually know all the reasons why until they get a little bit older and it begins to make sense to them. Or, or maybe they start doing a little bit more research and they find out on their own. Uh, we tell my kids, you know, hey, before you cross the street, you need to look both ways. You don't want to walk out in front of a car and get hit. And they have to learn that they can trust that what we're saying is true. I mean, they've never been hit by a car. Uh, they've never seen anybody get hit by a car. They just have to believe that we're saying that it would hurt if they were to get hit by the car. Uh, my children couldn't tell you how much a car weighs. They probably couldn't tell you how many bones they have within their body, right? Or how many of them would be broken if they were to get hit. Uh, they don't know the distance that it takes for a car to stop if it's moving at 30 miles an hour and somebody hits the brake. They don't know uh, the physics behind what's going on, like force equals mass times acceleration and what that force uh, would do to their bodies, what it would mean for the various structures and organs within their body. They believe when we tell them that it would be bad to get hit by a car. And then maybe one day they begin to figure out and learn and discover all of these other reasons why you got to look both ways before you cross the street. See, it's faith seeking understanding. It's believing, even though I don't have the answer to every equation that's out there, but I'm believing, I'm trusting, and I'm pursuing more and more of what it is that I'm putting my faith in. Uh, St. Anselm of Canterbury said, I do not seek to understand in order that I may believe, but rather I believe in order that I might understand. 
It's believing so that I might come to more fully know what I'm believing into. I believe, I take the step of faith, I begin to to act. I live into what I'm believing. I grow in my understanding of it as I'm living into it. This is one more thing that we learn from Peter and his getting out of the boat. When Peter steps out onto the water, he's not simply believing in Jesus. He's believing into Jesus. He's moving into this person of Jesus. And Jesus being the object of that belief really is more important than Peter's belief. Peter uh, isn't the, the greatest person of faith that we come to know. Rather, it's Jesus, the object of his faith, that gives him the strength that he needs. I'll kind of say it this way. Jesus, being the object of our belief, is more important than the strength of our belief. Peter didn't walk on the water because he has great faith. He walked on the water because of the person that he had faith in. Whatever our belief is, it's only as strong as the object that we're believing in. I grew up. Um, I grew up as a Chicago Cubs fan. I don't know if there's any other Cubs fans in here. Uh, not many, I guess. Okay, we got all right. We got a couple, a few. I would watch them every afternoon on WGN throughout the late '80s and the early '90s. Uh, grew up watching them in my grandmother's living room. Uh, I listened to Harry Carey and Steve Stone, uh, and, and it was a great time. But now, if you know the Cubs, you know they aren't very good. They weren't very good uh, for a long time. I have the, the kind of longest championship drought in, in sports history. Uh, and they had many great players that would come through over the years. Uh, Andre Dawson and Ryan Sandberg, Mark Grace, Greg Maddox were some of my favorites uh, from, the, from the early 90s. Uh, but then in 2003... They kind of had some pieces that began fitting together, right? They, they were doing really well. They had Mark Pryor and Kerry Wood, Carlos Zambrano in their pitching rotation. Uh, they had some great hitters, Sammy Sosa, Moises Alua, Ramos Ramirez. They won their division, right? I mean, and there was a buzz in the city of Chicago when they won their division. I mean, you'd turn on the TV, you'd see the stadium was packed. I mean, you could feel it watching it at home. Uh, the streets outside uh, of the stadium were packed. I mean, it was crowded. Everybody was hungry and excited for them. And, and I believed that it was our, it was our year. It was our, I believed in that team that they were going to make it, that they were going to pull it off. Uh, and they won, they won the, uh, the first round of the playoffs and they went on to the National League Championship Series. And I was looking up the cost of plane tickets. I was in college. I don't know how I had money, uh, but I had money. And so I was going to go and be there in Chicago. I was like, you know what? I might not have enough money to make it into the stadium, but I'll just stand out in the streets with the crowd. I just wanted to experience it and feel it. There was something in me before I hit purchase on those tickets that just said, well, well maybe you should wait a little bit. Or maybe there's, maybe there's a better way that you should spend that money. And so the Cubs were up three games to two. Right? They only had to win one more game and they'd be in the World Series. And they had Mark Pryor, who was the best pitcher that season, uh, who was on the mound. It was the eighth inning. And they were up three to zero against the Marlins. There's one out, so they only have five more outs, and then they are in the World Series. And one of the Marlins players hits a fly ball, seemingly harmless. Fielder goes over to catch it, and a fan in the stands, Steve Bartman. Uh, you can find. 
You can find the ESPN documentary on this guy. He had death threats for years because of this. He reaches up. He interferes with the play. And so they don't get the out. And everything falls apart. Right, the Marlins score eight runs that inning. The Cubs lose eight to three. They lose in game seven. They don't make the World Series at all for like another, what is it, 10 years after that? 13. Thank you. Thank you. Lots of sports details here, I know, but, but, but I say all this to say it's important what you believe in, the object of that belief, right? The object of what you believe in is more important than the strength of your belief. I, I believed in that Chicago Cubs team. I believed that 2003 was going to be our year and I was ready to hit the, to hit purchase on that ticket. I mean, it's a good thing I didn't because I would have been standing in the streets by myself, right? But, <laughs> But it's important what you believe in. And and while I believe in God in a different manner than I believe in a baseball team, it also matters greatly that the object of my faith, what I believe in, what I'm trusting in, what I'm committing myself to, what I'm seeking to understand is strong enough to hold me. What I'm placing my belief in is strong enough to hold me in the, in the weakness of my belief. It's strong enough to hold me in the midst of my questions. That what I'm believing in is strong enough to hold me even when I have doubts. Even when I'm uncertain. Even when, like Peter, I start to look at the wind and the waves around me. The storms that are raging. And I become uncertain. I begin to sink. It's important that what, I'm strong en- that, that what I believe in is strong enough that when I cry out, I can reach down and save me. See, when Peter stepped out onto the water, it wasn't his belief that enabled him to walk on the water. It's who he was believing in. It wasn't somehow that that Peter was great. It's that who he believed in is great. When Peter had his doubts and he began to sink, Peter didn't save himself. The one whom he believed in reached down to save him. Putting it another way, uh, weak faith, And a strong object matters more than strong faith and a weak object. I mean, Jesus tells us that faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. It's not the strength of my faith that moves the mountains. It's the strength of the one that I'm believing in that's able, that's capable, that's powerful enough to move the mountain. It's not a matter of how much you believe. It's whether or not you are trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ to be the one that saves you. In, in 2 Timothy chapter 1.12, Paul says this. He says, For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. Paul doesn't say, I know what I've believed. Right? I've got, I got everything figured out. I've got all the answers. Paul doesn't say, I know how much I've believed. He doesn't say, I know when I believed, when I first started believing, though that can be an important uh, date for a lot of people. Paul doesn't even say, I know why I've believed. But he writes, I know whom I have believed. The, the object of his faith, the one in whom he believes is what gives him the strength that enables him to have that faith that is seeking understanding. Uh, The great pastor Charles Spurgeon said it this way. I know the person into whose hand I have committed my present condition and my eternal destiny. I know who he is and I therefore without any hesitation 
leave myself in his hands. It is the beginning of spiritual life to believe Jesus Christ. So I wonder this morning, you know, do, do you know him? Right? Do, do you believe in him? Do you know what the object of your faith is? And do you believe in it? Do you trust in it? Are you moving in that direction enough that you can trust him to hold you, even if you fall? I mean, Jesus uh, had a friend uh, who died, a guy by the name of Lazarus. Jesus is friends with Lazarus and the whole family. And so he goes to visit Lazarus' family, and he starts talking with one of the sisters, Martha. Martha says, Jesus, if you would have been here, you know, my, my brother probably would have been okay. Jesus tells her, you know, hey, Martha, he's going to rise again. And Martha says, yeah, I know. I know he's going he's to rise again on the last day. And Jesus looks at her uh, dead in the eye says, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, yet they will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe? It's the question that he asks of her. It's the question that he asks of each of us. Do you believe? And this morning, I want to give you that opportunity to step out of the boat like Peter, uh, to walk on the waters of faith toward Jesus, to be able to answer that question that Jesus asked of Martha, to be able to say, yes, I believe you are my Savior. Yes, I believe you are my Lord. I trust in you. I'm committing myself to you. And I don't have to have all the answers right now. I don't have to have it all figured out, A through Z and, and everything else. But, but I know in whom I have believed. I'm persuaded, I'm convinced that he can hold me until we reach that day, that he can hold me, he can hold all of the issues that I face, that he can hold me in the midst of the storms of life as they rage. He is the one who can save me. I want to invite you to take the step of faith, seeking understanding, and to say, I believe in God. And so I'm going to invite you to pray with me, and you just pray this prayer silently uh, in your hearts as I pray. Uh, But I want to invite us to pray together. We say, dear God, I want to put my faith in you. I may not have all the answers, but I believe in you. I believe in Jesus, that he died for my sins and he rose from the dead. I believe you will give your Holy Spirit to guide me in truth. Pray that you would change my life for good as I trust in you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.